Welcome to In Layman's Terms, a podcast dedicated to discipleship and putting scripture to use in our daily lives. I'm your host, Todd Seifert. I'm the Communications Director for the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, comprised of approximately 1,000 churches in Kansas and Nebraska. As the title of this podcast suggests, I'm not ordained clergy, so what I share comes to you in layman's terms. I have more than 20 years of experience teaching the Bible to everyone from teens to 90-somethings, and I'm excited to share what Scripture has to say to us in today's society, and I love to tell stories of how people live their faith. Some episodes focus on a person or church doing great things to serve as the hands and feet of Christ. Some episodes include interviews with experts who can help us along our faith journey. And other episodes include some short reflections on Scripture. Thank you for joining me. This is the sixth in a series of special episodes on the seven final sayings of Christ from the cross. This is the last of the sayings today. Uh, we're going to be talking about, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Uh, and then after Easter, the week after, I'll be getting back together with Bishop Signs here, and we'll be talking about the celebration of Easter. As has been the case for our previous episodes in this special series, our guest is Bishop Reuben Signs Jr. He's the Episcopal leader of the Great Plains Conference. Bishop, welcome back again to In Layman's Terms. Hey, Todd, it's great to be here. Bishop, before we reflect on this week's scripture, I thought we would check in with each other one more time to just kind of see where did we each see God in this past week with everything that's going on, shelter in place and, and the coronavirus pandemic. Where did you see God this past week as you continued your Lenten journey? I had an opportunity to speak with the various groups uh, this past week of, uh, of clergy, and I was just so blessed to hear about all the ways that they are being the church in their communities. I mean, one story was from a pastor who, who remember at the idea of why don't we adopt a assisted living home and start sending cards to these persons to encourage them because many of our uh, senior citizens that are in assisted living homes cannot be visited by family and friends, right? And so this church took to, uh, uh, to sending the, the residents of an assisted living home a note along with a picture of their family. And so one, one home had 176 uh, residents. And so when that invitation was put out to the church to uh, adopt the the, uh, uh, the home, I said, we quickly filled up. So we have to adopt three more homes because the, the church people want to do that. And, you know, when I hear about things like that, I just, I just see God at work uh, as the church is, um, is being the church and, and demonstrating that God sees, God cares, and God moves near to those who are seeking his comfort and his strength at this time. So kind of like pen pals in a, in a closer, uh, yeah. you're not sending it across the ocean, you're sending it across town. That's kind of cool. Exactly. It's just something so simple to do, Todd, and yet it's so meaningful because people are, are um, you know, feel that they're sharing in something that is bringing comfort and hope. It, you know, it, the, the same pastor told me that as a manufacturer in his, in his church that has the capacity to um, um, build masks with templates. And so 
Uh, he said, that person is bringing in the raw materials and our church is assembling them. So we're gonna distribute thousands of masks to the hospitals here in Lincoln. And, uh, and then we're gonna start taking some out to Omaha to the hospitals and, and clinics that are, that are dealing with patients. So, you know, just things like that. I think for me, it's been, uh, so my, my, uh, my time on Sunday evenings now is to kind of sit down and just watch Facebook and see what all of our pastors are doing out there. <laughs> and it's been very uplifting to see how so many of them have adapted in a short amount of time to the way that they would use technology to reach people. Here's a shameless little plug, but an episode of In Layman's Terms that's coming up relatively soon. Uh, I talked with Stephanie Hayes this week. She's the pastor at First United Methodist Church in Ord, Nebraska. And uh, she wanted to get people involved in her recording for her worship service. They don't have the opportunity to live stream in her churches. Uh, but she got young people to read scripture and to, uh, uh, I can't remember if they sang a hymn or not, but I know they read liturgy and prayed. And she put those all together in videos that she then posts as the worship service. And it was just a great idea of getting different people involved using the technology that she had available to her. Uh, everything was shot on an iPhone or a, you know some kind of smartphone, and she put it all together using Amazing. iMovie. She put it all together in iMovie on an iPad, so she didn't even use a computer yeah. at all for the entire thing. So, uh, uh, so that's a, that's a future episode. But talking with people like Stephanie, who are doing different and unique things that they've never done before, uh, that's been that's been kind of a God moment in 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 small episodes for me throughout the last week. Todd, I was having a conversation with, with a clergy group yesterday, and one of the pastors said, said, well, you know, a lot of our church members are in their 60s and 70s, and they're not, they're not very well equipped to manage technology. So whenever we have Zoom meetings and things like that, or send out emails or, you know, refer people to the conference website for further information, uh, many of our seniors don't have that, that, uh, that know-how. And so, you know, he said, one of the things that we need to do is spend more time in helping our senior population really understand how to use technology because it's a necessity for communication purpose in, you know, in moments like this. And so he said, it's, it's, it's no longer a, uh, an option. It's now a way of life. And so I, I can... I can just see a lot of our churches moving to equip, just like we equip people, you know, with with the uh, spiritual tools to to uh, fend for themselves out in the world, right? As Christians, I mean, we we can also uh, equip people with uh, technological tools that they need to stay connected to their families and friends and to other important people who you know who their lives depend upon. And there's certainly been a lot of seniors that who may not have use technology before, but thanks to this, they are. Uh, I've seen a lot of comments on churches, Facebook Live uh, broadcasts of their, of their worship services of uh, senior citizens saying, wow, I've never done this before, but I so appreciated being connected to my church uh, yeah. at a time when I can't see anybody, uh, you know, but, but I can see the worship service and it made them feel more at peace with things. So I think that was a it's a great I mean, uh, right, right now where so many of our introductions are being made through Zoom. So our, our AAs are setting up churches with Zoom and they're piling it. And then the pastors are being introduced to SPRs through Zoom. And so, you know, it's the safest thing to do right now. And But don't get me wrong. I mean, there's 
Somebody said there's only two kinds of people in the world, the digital immigrants, like people like you and I, and the digital natives, right? Like the millennials who are born with a, with a technology and hardwired into their DNA. And so we're, we're all immigrants in this new world. And I've got to depend a lot on, our, on, my, on my boys and my daughter to walk me through some of the technology because it's a, it's a brave new world for me as it is for many. But thanks for all you do to help uh, uh, demystify all of the, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the anxious uh, uh, feelings that one gets when we're dealing with technology that we're not used to. So one of the things that Bishop was just talking about there, he mentioned uh, introductions. Uh, amid everything else, this is the appointment season in the United Methodist Church. And so we have pastors who are uh, getting ready to move to new congregations. And and uh, typically what happens is you have a meeting with the staff parish relations committee, and it's an in-person thing. You get together in a room, you talk, you meet each other, you shake hands, all that good stuff. And obviously we're not doing any of that right now. That's all happening mostly via Zoom. Uh, which is how we're doing this broadcast today. Um, the bishop is in the Episcopal residence over in Topeka, and I'm in my home in Lawrence. Uh, but we're going to have a discussion today about uh, the last thing recorded from Christ speaking from the cross. Uh, it comes from Luke chapter 23, verse 46, and it's recorded in the Common English Bible as, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Bishop, what is Jesus saying to God at this point? And, and what's the significance of the wording of, I commend my spirit? Todd, last week we talked about how John used metaphors to communicate the nature and work of Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit. Uh, today's last word from the Gospel of Luke is, uh, is unique in that Luke has a, a different understanding of, of the work and uh, and mission of Jesus. And so, so Jesus uses the small word, right? The, the spirit in the, with a small s. So in Luke, there's Holy Spirit with a big S, right? Me, meaning, you know, it, it, is, it is part of the third, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. But then Luke uses the small s to describe the spirit. And, and, so, and so when Jesus says, I commend my spirit to your hands. He's, he's doing several things. Number one, he is uh, in, he's quoting Psalm 31, right? And Psalm 31 says, says, for example, in Psalm 31, verse 15, my times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. So, so Jesus is moving himself, right, from the hands of his persecutors, from those that are have condemned him from those that have um, judged him and found him guilty, from those who have crucified him, from those that are mocking him. Jesus is in their hands. And when he says, into thy hands I commend my spirit, he is translating the, the, uh, the possession of, of, him, of, him, of himself from the hands of the enemies into the hands of God. Okay, and, and Psalm 31 goes on to say, to say let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. So into thy hands I, co I commend my spirit. It's like, okay, I've been in the hands of, of these persons, you know, all this day, all these two days. But now I am commending my spirit into your hands. So that's, that's like, for me, that's like the first 
the first um, level of meaning um, behind those words. Now I'll go into the second one after. You have any, you have anything you want to share about that? When I listen to those or read those words from Jesus on the cross, I, I tend to okay, what more is he saying? And in this one, I just see like it's more of like a, just a straightforward. Uh, upon my first reading, it's like wow, okay, I commend my spirit. It makes me think, okay, what do I need to do as a person today uh, to commend my spirit to God? And we're going to get into that more in, in a few minutes, but uh, it really just makes me think, okay, if I was in this moment, uh, what would I say? This is not a it's not a defeated sound to me. Um, no. It's a, it's just it's a matter of fact. Yeah, it's a matter of yeah. fact. This is, this is, last week we talked about it is finished or it is completed. Right. Uh, this week, it's, this is more of a, all right, um, job is done. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, salvation is here for everyone. I've, I've accomplished the task that I was given. Uh, and now it's time for me to, to, uh, I've given everything I can, but except my spirit, I'm going to give this to God. Yeah, and it's like Jesus saying, okay, deliver me from the hands of my enemies and, and take me into your hands. And so, you know, it, it's, a, it, it's, it's, it's a prayer for, for ultimate and final deliverance. And we'll talk about, you know, when, you know, when people are, are, are sick and they're in their final moments, you know, they're delivered from, from pain and suffering, right? And so what does that mean? We'll, we'll talk about that. The second thing, Todd, I think about, you know, is that Luke, Luke, of course, wrote Luke and Acts, right? It's Luke Acts. It's it's not just Luke and then Acts, but it, but in Luke's gospel, the his primary focus is that the Holy Spirit drives mission and it drives the kingdom of God. And so and, and so the Holy Spirit compels people and pushes them out in mission. And so for that, when, when, the, when the person is driven by the Holy Spirit for mission, and so Paul, for example, talks about the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life, right? The Holy Spirit, you know, replaces our spirit of anger with the spirit of, of uh, forgiveness or joy or peace or kindness or long-suffering. And so Paul goes into the internal work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, right? Um, Luke understands the, the work of the Holy Spirit as driving mission and pushing the kingdom of God beyond the nation of Israel out into the Gentile world. Because Luke, he's a doctor. Uh, he's a Christian. Um, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Gentile. And so he, he kind of writes an account as to how the faith came to the Gentile world. And so some scholars believe that Luke was written 50 to 60 years after the death of Jesus. And so Luke is writing, looking back to explain to Theophilus, who is, who is really, you know, not a person, but, you know, a lover of God. Theo means God, Philo means love. So those who love God. So anyone, you and me are, are Theophilus. Um, because we love God. And so Luke is describing this, and he's talking about the missional impetus of the, of the Spirit. And Jesus, in fulfilling the, the, the mission of God, is then a righteous person. His Spirit is right, because it is in, in line with God's mission and vision for the world. And so when Jesus says, I commend my Spirit into your hands, then it's not the soul, 
right? The soul is different than the spirit, right? The, the, the spirit has to do with, with, our, with our thoughts and our behaviors. And so Jesus is saying, I commend my spirit into your hands. Now that spirit of Jesus is in God's hands and will be, will be reintroduced in power of the Holy Spirit with a big S uh, at Pentecost for, to his disciples who will then be able to also perform deeds of power and wonder like Jesus did. So the spirit of Jesus, right, the, the same righteousness and the same alignment with God's kingdom purposes in the world is now um, um, reintroduced through the Holy Spirit into the life of all those who follow Christ. And the same deeds and, and signs of power that Jesus performed are also then um, um, demonstrated to those who are his, who, who have, who are his disciples. And so, and so spirit is kind of like, you know, give, here's my heart, here's my passion, here's my righteousness for your purposes, take it and redistribute it to my disciples. And so that's, that's how I see that. It, it's empowering, right? And so, and so you and I have the spirit of Christ in us. And so what does that mean? And, and as a spirit of Christ, we're, we, we are moved then by the Holy Spirit into the world to fulfill God's missional and kingdom purposes. So it, it's something that if our spirit is right, we are driven out. Um, we, we, are, we are taken out of ourselves, out of our, our comfort, and into the world in seeking the kingdom, the, the, the righteous and just kingdom of God for all people. So it's kind of like you, if you have the spirit, you're not going to be able to sit still. Um, you should be no, should be no. out moving around. I mean, not like now. Stay home. <laughs> no, because, because that the Holy Spirit with the right. big S is pushing the little spirit. I mean, the, 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 our spirit, which is our, our behavior and our mindset. Now, in Luke, for example, you know, Luke talks about the spirit also. So he talks about people having an evil spirit. He talks about people having... A, um, a crippling spirit. He talks about people having a tormenting spirit. And, and Jesus' spirit in the power of the Holy Spirit, right, over, over submits those spirits. And so, and so you have this spiritual battle happening in Luke in where the spirit and the righteousness of Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit, the big S, subordinates the, 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 the lesser spirits, the evil spirits, the crippling spirits, um, and either through silencing them or through expelling them, mm -hmm. right? To casting out, they've got to leave because they cannot, they cannot uh, occupy, that's, those spirits cannot occupy the same spirit with Jesus' spirit in the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so, and so Jesus, Luke is a fascinating gospel. I, I, I love, I told you last week, I love John. I love Luke. I love all the gospels because they, they, they just take you into these places that you start to really uh, uh, see, you know, the, the work of God, the mighty works of God in different ways and from different angles that really give, give a, a fullness of the, the whole work of God um, and, and how we understand God's work in our lives and in the world. So you mentioned the word deliverance a few moments ago. 
Um, tell us how that fits into this saying from the cross. Of course, Jesus has suffered terribly, terribly. I mean, he, he has been um, scourged. He has been, he's physically exhausted. Uh, he, he is by now suffering asphyxiation. Um, on, on one hand, just physical, physical suffering and torment. But also just just anguish over the his re, the rejection of the people, and and so by him handing over his spirit to God, it, it is a deliverance, and it is it is a not that he tries to to fight it. I mean, he accepts it as part of God's God's purpose for him in in accomplishing the mission. And um, you know when when people come to to the end, and it doesn't have to be the end of life. For example, I mean, Todd, I I've had many many experiences in my life when I'm, I'm I've come to a dead end. Like, how am I going to get out of this one? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then just God opens up a way. Uh, and and you know the the Psalm thirty one speaks about the fowler snare, you know, the things that ensnare us and, and trap us. You know, a snare is always something that is not obvious. It's a snare because you don't see it. It's a trap, right? And so sometimes you walk into those traps and you don't, you don't see them because of lack of experience or, or just our own, you know, um, uh, willfulness. But, but when you get entrapped in those situations, they, re- they really then become, they start choking out your life. And it starts choking out the possibilities that that are that for your life, and so the deliverance of God then comes and and releases us from from those fowler snares, so that we are free again, right? And so, you know, and and we can we can use it as a metaphor for the many different types of of snares that we've been caught in, whether whether of our own doing or just things that that happen to us that kind of trap us. Like right now, there's a lot of people that, that are kind of caught in a financial trap, right? Because of the loss of job or, or because, you know, there, there's been an economic uh, uh, shift in their, in their day-to-day existence and they feel trapped. Like, what am I going to do about my rent? What am I going to do about this? What am I going to do about my health care? What am I going to do about my bills? And they're just like trapped all of a sudden because they, they, there's no escape and they might feel like, Wow, I'm I'm really in a bad place. But then, deliverance is about you know how God releases us from from some of those traps. Not always, not always. But even even when we are trapped and ensnared and we can't escape, the deliverance comes because because we know that ultimately this too shall pass, and we can have the the peace of God to move through those moments. Uh, with faith that God will ultimately deliver us, maybe not in our time frame, but ultimately. And so, um, yeah. And when I when I see into Thy hands, I, I commend my spirit. Jesus and Jesus transferred Himself from the hand of the enemy into the loving and and uh, merciful hands of God, and saving hands of God. You know, that's kind of for us a a sign of hope. When when we go through through those through those uh, moments when we feel captured, 
and then we're released. But also at the end of our own life, when um, when when the when the cords of death kind of you know begin strangling us, we know that we will be delivered from that uh, ultimately. And so. So let's let's focus on us here in the 21st century for just a moment. You touched on this a little bit, but uh, how are we as people living today? Are we? How are we? How can we commend our spirits to God at this point? We're not hanging on a cross, but this is all about if we're talking about um, service uh, to God. In Jesus' case, it was it, he was fulfilling the mission. Uh, what about for us in the 21st century? Yeah, the the Roman centurion. That uh, that was at the foot of the cross. It said, "He said he saw the darkness. He was he was made aware that the, that the temple uh, curtain had been rent in two. And he had seen Jesus praying all during this time. And and then he said, surely this man was the son of God. Surely this man." was innocent now some some biblical you know some bible say this man was innocent as in you know jesus was was a martyr and and he, he you know he was he was innocent and found and found uh unjustfully um guilty and and therefore he was you know he was wrongfully executed and so jesus then becomes a martyr but I think the man, the, the, the word didaskos, right, or, or, or righteous, he, he was right, it has to do more with this man was a righteous man. He was, he was a man that sought to do good. And, and Peter talks about this when he sees Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. He says, this Jesus who went around doing good, healing the sick and, and casting out evil spirits, right? This same Jesus comes to you. And, and, so, and so it's that righteousness of, and that spirit of Jesus, so to speak, that, that then the man said, this man, from what I have seen, is, is a righteous man. And, I'm at, and, the, and, it, and it led the centurion to praise God. So for us, Todd, as we're living a life of righteousness, right? Not, not necessarily a perfection, but a life when we are proclaiming the, when, when, and Jesus' mission. The spirit, the whole, the spirit has anointed me to preach the good news, right to the poor, to give sight to the blind, to make the lame walk, to set the captives free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's the mission of Jesus. When when we when we are in the spirit of Jesus, right, in the power of the Holy Spirit, right, small as. Biggest, yeah, right, right. Preaching the God, caring for the poor. Okay, uh, because this was this was part of Jesus's mission in the Gospel of Luke. He cared for the poor and for those that didn't have help. When we help open the eyes of the blind, and not just physical blindness, but also spiritual blindness and and the blindness that we have towards towards each other. Uh, when we help those that have been crippled by life. You know, economically, socially, um, uh, mentally, spiritually, when we help those walk straight again, um, or when we help set the, the captives free, 
those that are that those that are caught in the fowler snare for different reasons right Wh whether it's substance abuse or whether it's just you know cycles of of difficulty or or whatever it is whenever whenever we act and live whenever we act in in uh, in ways that lift up the poor whenever we act in ways that um, that help people see the goodness and the favor of God whenever we help people uh, walk who have been crippled by life in is a metaphor and whenever we help set people free right then we we are uh, righteous and and we and we are helping extend the kingdom of God the, the, the righteousness of God and when people see that and they see that in our lives then they're led to give glory to God and so then our lives become empowered for mission but the Holy Spirit then uses our life as a witness to what God is doing in the world and and it's and when people see that it it brings them to faith it leads them to faith like the centurion and and so uh and there's all kinds of ways that we can that we can do that but for me when i look at this man was righteous the centurion was connecting the dots as to the life of jesus to to the to the spirit of jesus to the way he thought and to the way he behaved and to the way that he manifested the the vision of god for for the, all people and that and this was all people beyond the nation of israel because in 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 luke jesus crosses all kinds of boundaries mm -hmm. and of course the disciples are sent into the whole world so they're they're moving out of their nation of israel now into a very diff, different cultural social ethnic um, uh, world with a gospel uh with the good news of jesus christ and so well, and we see that with Luke's, uh, with his sequel, right, with the book of Acts. Very little yeah, of it actually exactly. takes place in Israel. Most of it takes place uh, north and, and west of there. Exactly, especially once you get into the later parts when the journey is of Paul. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, and so that, and so Paul, you know, Paul, so, so Luke writes about Paul as being driven by the Spirit of Jesus. When he has an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, the Spirit of Jesus, this is put in Paul, okay, and, and so and so then Paul receives the spirit of Jesus, and he 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 doesn't he doesn't reject Judaism, he just sees Jesus as a fulfillment of all the prophetic uh, uh, ideas, and and this is this is uh, the uh, the point that N.T. Wright makes in his in his book of Paul, that uh, that Paul doesn't become a Christian, he he just becomes a a full fledged messianic jew who now sees that the prophecies of jesus have been fulfilled in jesus himself and so for paul it, it's a fulfillment mm -hmm. of his faith and and uh it's a total buy-in to what jesus says i didn't come to abolish the law i came to fulfill it exactly uh, and, and, paul, and paul sees that exactly and so and so luke then gives an account of from his perspective of how the Holy Spirit pushes Paul into the Gentile world with the gospel. And so the Spirit is always directing Paul uh, and the church. Now, when, once Paul gets into his own letters, 
Then he focuses on the inward work of the Spirit in a believer's life. But for Luke, Luke is more interested in how this Holy Spirit is pushing people with the righteous spirit, the spirit sent on reaching the, the poor, opening the eyes of the blind, helping the crippled of, you know, by life walk and setting the captives free and proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. That God's, God's spirit and God's grace is now blessing this area and casting out uh, the, 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 the oppressive spirits so that people can be free. That's the kingdom, that's the reign. Of course, when, when this is said, it's the very end um, as, as far as his life on, on earth. Ministry of about three years, and what an, what an efficient three years <laughs> that ministry was. You know what? One of the things, um, a lot of, uh, none of us think that we're ever done with our work. We always think that there, there's more we can do, and sometimes, you know, we, we clutch on to our work and believe that, man, if I, if I step out, all this is going to cave in around me, you know? It's going to cave in behind me. But, you know, Jesus, is te Jesus teaches us that the mission continues. And so, although it is the end of Jesus' earthly life, it's a new beginning of Jesus' presence in the world, not only in his epoch, but through all the centuries and in all places at all times with all peoples. So, so it is the expiration of his physical life, but it's a new beginning. It's a brave new world there as the same righteous spirit of Christ is then uh, operating in all his believers in the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much, Bishop, for those words. Uh, that's all for this episode in our series about the final sayings of Jesus from the cross. I want to say thank you again to Bishop Sons for providing his knowledge and reflection. The season of Lent is nearly over. Uh, we are now into Holy Week, and that's a time when many of us retrace the steps that we've taken during these special episodes of this podcast. So I want to say blessings to you as you travel to the Upper Room, as you visit Herod's Palace, as you see Pilate's Court, and finally, as you take the trip to Golgotha or to Calvary. We'll be back next week with the final episode in this special series. And this time, we'll be in a mood of celebration. We'll finally be able to say, he is risen. He is, he is risen. risen indeed. Bishop, thank you so much. Everybody, have a blessed week as you conclude your Lenten journey. God's peace, Todd. Terms is a podcast sponsored by the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church and by me, your host, Todd Seifer. If you liked what you heard in this episode, please go rate us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. It helps other people find us. And please, if you feel so inclined, share us on Facebook or other social media. Our music comes via a licensed subscription with FirstCom Music. You can find archived podcasts on my website, toddseifert.com, or via a link on the conference website, greatplainsumc.org slash podcasts. Feel free to email me any questions or suggestions to tcypher at greatplainsumc.org, and I'll do my best to respond as quickly as possible. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, please do what you can to help make more disciples of Jesus Christ. You can play a small part in helping change a life.